Kings doing some drills here, here already at the Golden One Center. It's uh, Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason. I know these are standard basketball drills. I haven't seen them do this before a game before, Kyle, where it's kind of reminiscent of the drills that Drewski does with Jimmy Butler <laughs> in the Google phone commercial, you right, know, where right. they're dribbling with one hand, then a coach throws them a basketball, and with the offhand, they got to kind of tip it back. Isn't that what Drewski's doing yeah, with Jimmy he does. Butler? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And his uh, like... cousin uh, Spam likely calls my cousin Spam. I get that. You, you, you like that commercial? That's huh? funny. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it just reminds me of uh, drills we do with like fifth, sixth, seventh graders. Like you know, these are NBA guys. Yeah, uh, doing this right and now. Some of them are struggling with it a little bit. Yeah, it's Not tough. That easy. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, it's the Charlotte Hornets tonight, of course. Hope you had a great Christmas. I don't know why, Kyle. I, I, I love Christmas. I know why I love Christmas, but I don't know why this year I'm as ready to get on with it after Christmas as I've ever been in my life. Typically, I'm like, ah, oh, Christmas, that's too bad. Really? I had a great Christmas. And, but it's like, all right, let's go. And I think a lot of it has to do with seeing where this team goes this year. Right. The, the after Christmas push now. Now it's like, okay. Yeah. Now, now 2024 starts, you know. Uh, you, you got four home games. You got two long uh, road trips coming up. Uh, see where you stand. And, you know, you mentioned the dog days of the season. It's sort of like where we are now. But uh, with this Sacramento Kings team, with the lineup changes, the injuries, to be 19 and 12, I feel like they're in a good spot. And I mentioned earlier, in the month of December or January, they have the seventh easiest schedule in the league. Ooh. You know, so this is a you mentioned, you know, to start off that road trip, you know, the Charlotte's Detroit, you play, you know, you handle business here at home. You can really, you know, go, mm-hmm. let's say in this four game homestand, you go three and one, you're 22 and 13, you're 24 and 12. Man, now you're t- really talking about something. Three and one. That's 2023, baby. This is 2024. Oh, you want four, four and oh? Even against four the Pelicans? Up. Yes. Definitely. We owe them one. <laughs> we owe them a couple. Yeah, you got Charlotte. They played last night. Then tomorrow night, Orlando. Uh, they also played last night, a back-to-back for the Kings as well tomorrow. Then Toronto. Uh, and then uh, you got New Orleans. Uh, I think earlier with Brendan, I said the New Orleans game. Did I say that was Friday? That's The Sunday. New Orleans game is Sunday. Yeah, yeah, Toronto's Friday. And then at Detroit and at Charlotte. So, yeah, it's a soft schedule here a little soft bit. Soft schedule these next six games. Uh, before you take on Philly, I think that next game is at Philly. Uh, but no, you're right. Next six games, five and one, six and zero. Oh. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine the city if the Kings are twenty five and twelve? I can't. Like, yeah, oh just God. leave the beam on, <laughs> right? Just, just leave, leave it, it on, on, right? This just, month, <laughs> <laughs> that would be sweet. That'd now, be somebody sweet. who maybe they hadn't seen the Kings since before Christmas, and then they're really busy with stuff, and they're just getting back to the Kings now. It's hard to imagine because Kings fans aren't like that. But if someone were watching tonight and they hadn't seen them since before Christmas, how is this team a little different than they were last time they were here? I, I think what you're seeing is a defensive intensity. First of all, you know, we talked earlier about the lineup change, putting Chris Duarte in the starting lineup, Kevin Herter coming off the bench. But I, I think these last two games, we've seen the defense really step up, especially second half of Atlanta. And remember, Atlanta was a top 10 offensive team mm-hmm. in the league. They weren't mm-hmm. no slouches, you know. Uh, they had one of the better backcourts in the NBA. And in the second half. And they half, looked like it in the first yeah, half. Yeah, the first half, they looked, they looked great. In the second half, the Kings were able to shut them down. Memphis, they were 4-1 and one with Ja Morant in the lineup with Ja coming back. And the Kings made quick work out of them. And so I think, you know, since the last time we're here and even the Portland game, you're seeing 
uh, a better attention to detail defensively. And, and I, I give Chris Duarte a lot of credit. I give Davion Mitchell uh, a lot of credit as well. Those guys have come in and, and did exactly what Mike Brown has asked of them, uh, you know, uh, compete on the defensive end, make life hard. You know, there was one play, I think it was the Atlanta game, or it might have been Memphis. Uh, Duarte came in, and I forgot who he was guarding. Got whistled for kind of a weak foul, a little ticky-tack foul. And he turns to Mike Brown, goes over to Mike Brown. And, and, and Mike is, you know, telling him, hey, it's all good. You're doing exactly what we want you to do. You know, Duarte was like, coach, what am I supposed to do? And Mike, you know. That was the one where he was calling for the replay. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He got the bad <laughs> whistle, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, the, the defensive, Mike talks about the physicality and feeling you. I, I think that's what Duarte brings to this team. Uh, we saw it earlier in the season against San Antonio. He did that. We saw it the other night as well. And so I think that's the difference uh, in this Sacramento team from when they were last home. Yeah, the the big difference, of course, most noticeable is in the lineup changes, which we'll get yeah. to. But I have to think that what they did against Atlanta – uh, after who knows what Mike Brown told him, we can guess at the uh, essential message. But that's such a great uh, learning experience when the coaches are saying, if you do this, it will work. If you don't, it won't. See, right. you're not doing it. We're losing. Do this. Then you do it, and then they win. I mean, obviously it gives a team a ton of confidence going forward. But for the coaches, it's just so great to see that, yes, see, we told you. This is the way you have to play. <laughs> right. And I thought that was a key to last season also. When they went on that seven-game win streak, right, it was like, right. oh, what Coach is saying actually works, and it leads to wins, you know, and that the team bought in. And so it's taken a little longer uh, to this point. Uh, I, I think part of it is because, you know, you, you felt a little success last season, and so you think automatically you can do it again, but you still got to put in the work. And that's why, you know, a guy like Chris Duarte, I, I think – and can help this team not only he you know he has new blood he's new blood new energy in there and so uh his defensive uh intensity i think uh can help this team out and you know against the charlotte team tonight where sure they got a couple guys this is the nba anybody can go off but you would think when you're fully healthy like sacramento is this should be a game where you know like somebody said earlier you know by halftime mm-hmm. they, they should be tapping out Right. Worst case scenario, everything they throw in the general uh, direction of the basket goes in. Yeah. And you look up in the third quarter and you're like, oh, we got a game now against right. these guys. Right. It's yeah. like, and, and, and I will say this about Charlotte. When you look at them, uh, a, a guy like Terry Rozier is a, is a confidence guy. When he gets, he's at, man, he's averaging 23.6 points per game this season, T. Rose is. And, and this guy is probable, so he's going to play 37% from the field and so they got a couple of guys that can if you you know think about it in that game against portland i already forgot the guys names that were going off dwap uh wreath wreath dwap or dwap wreath or something Mm -hmm. yeah he went off for 26 so they got guys this is the nba like miles bridges can go off on you you know rosier can go off on you even pj yeah even pj who had 28 last year against us can go off on you. So you got to respect these guys and come with that mindset. Yeah. Uh, Scooter 916. I've said this before on the YouTube chat. says Scooter, if the Kings play basketball like they did against the Suns in the second half against Atlanta, against Memphis, they can beat just about anyone. Yes. Yes. And the thing about those games, 
that I love. It wasn't, oh, they should made 23 three-pointers or, you know, they, they scored 140 points. Like, you know, to do what they did the other night to Memphis, uh, you mentioned it, holding them to 92 points, 21 in the third, and then back it up with 13 in the fourth. That's an encouraging sign uh, for me. And, you know, Memphis with John Morant, you know, to me, they're a better offensive team than what we'll see tonight. And so there's no reason why this Kings team can't do something similar tonight. Yeah, I'm going to call that going forward a Draper. When you hold the opponent to under 100, yeah. that's a Draper. That's, like, I like in that. baseball, like that. Yeah. if you throw a complete game under 100 pitches, that's like a Maddox. But yeah. Draper's holding the other team. Because you've been calling for that, I've and then you actually got it, it right. exactly. against Memphis. Let, let's win a game with the defense, not because you hit, you know, 22 threes or something like that. And so uh, – I, I loved what I've seen from this team the last couple of games uh, on the defensive end. And, you know, hopefully, to your point, you know, here we are, a new year, Christmas is over. Now they really lock in. And some of those games they gave away early this season, the Houstons, the New Orleans, uh, you know, that doesn't happen mm-hmm. going forward. Like, I know we still got 50 games uh, left to go, but let's lock in right now. Because when you look at the standings, Whitey, we're not talking about it enough. The West. I know. The Clippers are legit, dude. I know. Like, the Clippers are going to be there. Yeah. And and so, you know, when you look at the standings right now, the Kings are in the fifth spot. Bradley Beal's back Bradley now. Bradley Beal's back now. You know, we got this game against the Pelicans coming up, and somebody on the, on the YouTube chat asked about uh, how do you guys feel about the Pelicans game, Manny too legit. Pelicans only a game behind the Kings in the standing. Uh-huh. So these are games tonight, you know, Friday night against a revamped Toronto team. This homestand, you got to get these games. Yes. Meanwhile, De'Aaron Fox has taken his game to new levels, and the basketball world is noticing. And we're right back with that from the Golden One Center. Drive, guys, on Sackdown Sports. The end. Question for you, Kyle Draper. Yeah. Question for you, too, uh, dear listener, dear viewer. Uh, I'm not suggesting there is not a good answer here, but my question is, Charlotte Hornets in town tonight, who is the face of the franchise all time in your view? Charlotte Hornets. Who's the guy? Charlotte You're Hornets. You're telling someone, so what are the Charlotte Hornets? You'd start with, well, let me tell you about, because I I have mine. Uh, you know what? I, I got a couple. I, I could say Glenn Rice. Uh-huh. I could say. What a shooter. Larry Johnson, Grandmama. Yes. I could say Del Curry. Yes. Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy is my guy. Muggsy's your guy, too? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm not okay. saying he's the best player in right. history, but to me, I would start any, uh, you know, history of the of the Charlotte Hornets. I'd have to start with him. Such a unique player. But, yeah, and Alonzo Mourning, too, right? And Zoe, yes. Yeah, I, I was thinking Alonzo. I remember them with their teal uniform uh-huh. uh, back in it with the lines coming down. Uh-huh. You know. And, I think they've broken those out this year. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Kemba Walker. Kemba, was, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Kemba, my guy, Kemba. Uh, David Wesley back in the day, the late Bobby Phils. Uh They had some players come through. Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. had some talent. Yeah, kind of a star-crossed franchise, and they left and came back as, what, the Bobcats and then the yeah. Charlotte Hornets, and, Gerald and here Wallace we are. And them. Yeah. Yeah. How did the Gerald Wallace? Yeah, the <laughs> deepest voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gerald Wallace with time. Quick story. I was doing an appearance somewhere at this memorabilia place in Sacramento, and they had Jared Wallace, and he was signing posters. And for some reason, they had me sit next to him. It's like, do you, people You were signing, too? Well, oh, if somebody yeah. asked. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, as you can guess, I wasn't signing a lot of stuff. 
It was like, can we just get this over with? Yeah. And then at the end, the owner, was, who was nice enough to invite me up there, you know, and everything, and he's like, hey, Gerald, can you sign this for Whitey? And Gerald's like, who's Whitey? <laughs> the deepest, deepest voice. That's me, bro. He's just sitting Did next to here the last hour and a half. All good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's he, awesome. He's a good guy, though. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he was a fine player. Found his way. He was. Yeah, yeah he was. He um, What's interesting about Gerald Wallace, he um, – was part of the Celtics uh, trade yeah. way back. And, you know, from the Brooklyn Nets, I, I believe it was. And there's this photo of uh, him, I think Chris Humphreys and Marshawn. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank at their introductory press conference. Marshawn Brooks? Marshawn Brooks, yeah. yeah. And they just look miserable to be there. They just <laughs> look like, what are we doing here? Like, it was it was the one, one of the worst pictures you know, it's supposed to be hype. All oh, yeah. here's our new yeah. guys. Yeah. And they did not want to be there. Fans didn't want them there because they had traded Pierce and Garnett. It was like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, the Kings get some national love today. Is it Michael Pina in the yeah. uh, in the ringer? He writes about eight players that are taking their games to the next level. And here are the players that Duncan Robinson, Dylan Brooks, my guy, Anthony Simons, Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and top of the list, De'Aaron Fox, Sacramento Kings. He says what De'Aaron Fox is doing here, uh, he calls it incandescent, Ooh. the way De'Aaron Fox is playing right now. I think so. I, I would agree with that. I mean, this is arguably all the love Tyrese is getting, well-deserved. But De'Aaron Fox, and, and I, we, we read this, uh, you know, on the ringer also, like his shooting numbers and what he's doing right now this season, that guy of all people to be shooting like he is, mm-hmm. this is one of the biggest transformations in the NBA. Coming into this season, as the ringer points out, and to your point, Kyle, Fox's highest three-point rate was 28.8% in 2021. Now it's 40.6%. Wow. And he's drilling 40.3% of his 8.8 attempts per game. We'll see how much uh, he's able to sustain all this. But right now, we all said it. How can De'Aaron Fox get better? Well, he can get better defensively and become a better three-point shooter. And he's doing it right now. He's become an excellent three-point shooter to this point. Yeah, and and it's not a question of if he will be an all-star or not. It's where he should finish in the MVP race. Because what he is doing with this Kings team and I understand Tyrese is playing fantastic. Tyrese, you know, 2020 games, 20 assists, all that. But De'Aaron Fox, when we talk about some of the most unguardable players in the NBA, we can put Durant, we could put Jokic, Giannis, Luka, LeBron. De'Aaron Fox got to be right, by, right behind him. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's averaging 30 points per game at the guard spot. Traditionally not a three-point shooter, but now he's added that to his game. I mean, it, it, it's tremendous what De'Aaron Fox is doing. Kings own an exceptional starting 5-2, says the piece, but everything falls apart when Fox is off the court. That includes when he's staggered with Sabonis. When Sabonis takes the floor without Fox, without Fox, yeah. Sacramento's offensive rating plummets to 111.4. When it's Fox and no Sabonis, that number skyrockets to 125.5. Wow. He's that impactful so far this year. And, of course, you know, he made all-league NBA last year third team. 
So I know a lot of people in Sacramento were a little anxious when De'Aaron Fox turned down the Kings uh, extension offer. But the reason he did that is if he makes all league NBA again this year, then he qualifies for a huge extension. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, we're talking 50, 60 million dollars a year uh, kind of super max. And, you know, I'm looking at his game log uh, recently. You know, he's taken close to nine threes per game on the season. But over his last six, he's taken 10.7 threes per game, shooting 45% from three. That's That kills you. That kills the other team. That is... That's yeah. like all-time great numbers. Uh-huh. That's Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, you know, Ray Allen, like the right. all-time great shooters, and De'Aaron Fox is doing that. Mm-hmm. He's doing it, and, uh, you know, in all fairness, we'll have to wait and see if he can continue to do it. Yeah. Those guys have established they can do it year in, year out. If he can do it, that's terrible news for anybody who has to guard him because, as we said earlier, and I know it's cliche, but how do you guard a guy who right. can run past you at will because he's so quick and fast, but if you stay off of him, he can knock down a three? I don't know what you do. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those he's at the point now where you just hope for an off night. Yep. You know, you just hope, all right, the shots aren't falling on this night because you're right. If you do try and press up on him, take away the three, man, he's he's going right by you. Right. That, that, that's barbecue chicken. I think, I think we've seen a little bit. Some teams have already tried to get very physical mm-hmm, with him. Mm-hmm. Teams will probably try to trap him and get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. You know, some lanes like him, this. You know, they're yeah. trying. Yeah. 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 That's about the only thing that seems to work. But it's uh, it's impressive when you see a guy bet on himself and a guy who was all-league NBA to <laughs> – if he wasn't so good already, he'd be a candidate for most improved player, right? But he's too good <laughs> to qualify for that. Right, It's right. just that he's – but he's really taking it up a few notches as far as shooting the three ball. And, and what I love about him, Whitey, and, and i I got to shed more light on this uh, even during when I do the broadcast. You know, there used to be an old saying – you know, when players uh, go into the offseason, all right, what do you work on? What are you going to improve on? What, what are you getting better at? And I don't think we talk about that as much anymore. What are you adding to your game? But we see it with De'Aaron Fox. Like the proof in the pudding. The work he put in this offseason is paying off. I told this story on the broadcast. I don't know if I've told it here on radio but I was talking to Luke Glaucks, and we played the uh, interview with Luke Glaucks uh, mm-hmm. earlier this season. De'Aaron Fox working out with Steph Curry. Obviously, you want to soak in whatever knowledge you can from Steph Curry. But Luke said after that first workout with Steph Curry, De'Aaron Fox, his forearms were cramping up on him. The workouts were so intense. The shooting drills were so hard. But that's the the no pain, no gain kind of kind of mentality that we're seeing it was painful for darren fox then but now he's reaping the benefits and rewards now Mm -hmm. and uh i I just love it you know when you see guys put in the work and then have the success on the floor uh and now he's at a such a confident level i mean the way he shoots even that long distance three uh, yeah brendan nuez was mentioning the logo the logo they're like dame country yeah and i was at I, i was watching him warm up this is like a week or two ago and I think it, I thought to myself, why is he taking these long threes like this? Like that's not his game. Like that's not him. But it's becoming him. It like is. It, it, he's it, making it, it that he way. He is trying. Yes, he is progressing to that point, and he's going to be unguardable. I'm going to read this. Pardon me for reading something here, but I think okay. it's just a quick paragraph, and I think it's something. If you're a Kings fan, you can really relish this because remember, this is the ringer. It's a national yeah. piece. 
quote, so long as Fox's volume and the accuracy behind the arc are what they've been, Sacramento has a real superstar mm. who can be the best player on a championship contender. He's now scoring 30 points per game with the fourth highest usage rate in the entire league. This should be a much bigger story than it is. End quote. <laughs> and that's the ringers. Yes. National. Yes. Man, guys, you need to look at what this guy is doing. And the fact that he said superstar on a championship yes. team. Uh-huh. That's music to my ears right there. And Your so, friend Kevin O'Connor's not going to like Yeah, it. we may have to get Michael on, on the uh, now, on, yes. on the broadcast uh-huh. here. And if he comes on, then I'll know Kevin O'Connor is lying to me. <laughs> that's because right. The reason why O'Connor won't come on is uh-huh. he says the ringer frowns upon their guys doing interviews. And mm-hmm. so Michael Pina comes on. Uh, yeah, we got to get him on for sure. The, the love he's given De'Aaron Fox. And it, yep. it's just... I thought the Kings last season and Fox's ascension was one of the best stories in the NBA, and it was. But to watch him become not only a star but a superstar, uh, maybe first or second team all-NBA guy, I mean, it's like he's playing better than Steph Curry, right? Like, Mm -hmm. think about that. Right now, De'Aaron Fox is playing better than Steph Curry. He is better than Steph Curry. His season's better than Steph. In the offseason when we all talked about what do you, you need to see from the Kings this year, yeah. my first thing was we need to see that what Domas and Fox did last year right. was legit. Yes. I mean, maybe that was pessimistic. I don't know, but to me it's like that's the first thing I need to see. Well, there's no question. I mean, they've actually played better so far this right. year. Right, and, and, and Domas too. You know, I got an email from a viewer uh, the other day uh, after the pregame show, and she said, Kyle, you know, as much as Fox is playing great, uh, and we love him, you got to give some love to DeMontis Sabonis. And I think we've reached a point with Domas where it's like, yep, ho-hum. You oh, know? 25, 12, and 9, right. yeah, uh, whatever. That, that's what he does. That's what he does. <laughs> but it, it's remarkable, you know. Uh-huh. He's averaging, we said it before the season, 19.4 points, 12.3 rebounds, 7.5 assists while shooting close to 60%. I mean, this dude is, is amazing. Like, in the month of December, 20 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. For DeMontis Abonis. I mean, both these guys deserve. If these guys played for the Knicks, mm-hmm. can you imagine the love that they would be getting on all the networks? Yep. I will say it. They were both on NBA TV yes. next week. So they're yes. they're making progress in that direction. But uh, you're right. Yeah, if they were in a bigger market. Woo. All right. When we come back, as great as those two players have been this year, do the Kings still need somebody? And what's the market look like after the OG deal? And Kyle Kuzma do anything for you? Ooh. We talk trades when we come back to the Golden One Center. Drive guys. On. I want to put on my boogie shoes. No, no, no. I want to put on some of the shoes that Kyle Draper got at the Nike store when he was in Portland. Yeah, your boy cleaned up out there. Uh, you know, <laughs> That's had, what I understand. Yeah. Seven pairs of sneakers were purchased at the Nike uh, employee store. How long were you in there? Did you did you have fun just going through it, or no, were you like boom, we, boom, we had boom. to we had to get through quickly because oh, okay. it was a game day, and they only gave us forty five minutes, oh. and the lines were long too. But the seven pair, I'm I'm actually wearing one tonight. Ooh. Actually, yeah, I got I got some. Yeah, so you know, it's a little light work here, Whitey. But no, those are nice. Thank you. Yeah, let me. Uh, you see that? Yes. Got the gold right there. You know? Sorry, we can't. Uh, I know, I can't. Uh, 20 years ago, he could have put his foot up here. Right. <laughs> right. I, I can't get it up there. But, no, that was uh, that was one of the highlights of the trip. Like, think about it. Who would have thought that going to Portland 
the best thing to come out of yeah. sneakers. Oh, well. We got our butts kicked. Uh-huh. At least I got some nice kicks. Some yeah. nice sneakers. So, uh, lesson learned. It won't happen tonight, right? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know if it was me, if it was you, if it was us, it wouldn't happen. I got to see how these guys respond, you know? Coming off a road trip, uh, New Year, that kind of thing. Sure. You know? But... Strictly talent-wise, on paper, no contest. No contest. The Kings should win. This is a defeated Charlotte team that has lost eleven in a row. We got two All NBA guys. We got Keegan. We got a Six Man of the Year candidate, Malik. I mean, let's go. We should get this on the chat here. You know, we're just talking about De'Aaron Fox, and we'll get to the trade conversations here. A. Aaron says, I would like to see De'Aaron get the calls that I see other guys get. He says, I know it's a process with officials, but I think he's done that. Really? Huh. Okay. okay. Let me, I mean, what's going to be interesting with De'Aaron, and you know this, Whitey, from covering basketball, he's taking all these threes now. So now he's not going to get the whistles, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm looking at his uh, free throw percentage, 72%. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is shooting this season. I'd like to see that up around 78 yes. or 80. Yeah. Didn't somebody on the text line? I don't yeah. hear somebody say Yeah, somebody yeah. on the text line. I love this when people say this. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love what we're seeing. However, if our two best players can average better than 50 to 60% on their free throws, none of it's going to matter. That will take us nowhere. That's old school, but I love it. Yeah, you got to knock that. that, They're called free throws for a reason, right? Yeah. Freebies. Uh Uh-huh. You know? And so I want to pull up De'Aaron Fox's uh, numbers for this uh, streak that he's on. Remember earlier I said he was averaging about 10.7 three-point attempts per game over his last six? You know, conversely, when you look at his um, free free throw shooting, He's averaging 5.3 attempts hmm. per game. That's I, I need. He should be up eight, nine a game. Well, Aaron says he's not getting the calls, and I would also. I hadn't really thought about it. Just to my eye, I haven't looked this up. I think he gets called for more ticky tack fouls than some big name players get. Like I'm not saying defending, just, yeah, 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 because he's always, you know, he he. He does voice his displeasure, as most players do, but I think he gets called for a lot of, lot more minor infractions than some players of his caliber yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, oh, wow, Whitey, how about this? Man, I tell you, your boy Drapes, man, when he stumbles upon a fine, uh-huh. the first 19 games of the season. So, 19, 6. That's how I'm breaking it up. The 6 uh Last six games, when he's averaging 10.73s, what was it, 5.3 free throw attempts. Uh-huh. His first 19 games of the season, he averaged 8.1 free throws. Mm. Mm. So I don't know if we can have it both ways. Right. I, I don't know if we can have it both ways. And back then he was shooting 8.33s. So he, he's taking two and a half more threes a game. Threes and, more than two, so I like it this way. You like it this way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're cool with that then. I think and so. Three is more than one, too, from the free throw line as well. Yeah. And so I don't know if he's going to, you know, and I would look at Steph Curry. I'm going to pull that up really quickly. When you shoot so many threes, I, I don't know if you're going to get the calls. Yeah. Uh, you just, that you and want. When, you do, when you do shoot them, you got to make them, obviously. Right, right. Warriors, by the way, as you know, the Warriors are really reeling right now. 
they don't know up from down. They're not sure what's going on. They don't on. know the rotation. Teacher says, we, yeah, our chemistry's fine now. We want to fix our chemistry and our culture, but we're not gritty enough. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're struggling. Their bottom line is they're just not that good right now. They aren't. They have some good players, but as a team, people assume it's the Warriors. What's wrong? Well, they're not that good. That's the problem. And, I, you know, I'm looking at Steph's numbers. Steph's at 5.8 free throws per game. Steph Curry, his highest average free throws per game, 6.3. He's just not, you know, because right. he's a three-point right. shooter. You're, right. So, uh, De'Aaron, I think we're witnessing the transition from De'Aaron getting downhill to the paint and hopefully getting the calls to De'Aaron, De'Aaron on the perimeter, not going to the free throw line as much. What do you think of this, too, to that point? Yeah. Uh, I think if I were an NBA coach, the one thing more than anything else that would drive me crazy was having my guys foul three-point shooters. Oh, that's the worst, right? I know now it's yeah. like it's such an important shot, and the guys can make it, so you got to contest. But when they foul somebody, especially at the end of a game, and they miss it, right. it's like, I, how can you let that happen? <laughs> what am I missing? Yeah, no, you're right. That That's that's one of the things you hear coaches talk about all the time, like, don't foul a three-point shooter. Don't right. foul a three-point shooter. And it happens all the time now. And I realize a lot of it is because he can make that, Coach. Right. I got to get out there. But, right. yeah, you see games sometimes decided by a guy, shoots a three, no get. Oh, but he was fouled. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, And guys are so good at drawing those, like Steph Curry. Oh, my gosh. I, we're, you know, uh -huh. the guy is trying to draw a foul on every shot attempt. Like, the way he goes down, uh, the way he kicks his legs out, flops. Wasn't Reggie Miller the best ever at that, oh, though? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah, people used to complain all the time about Reggie. And, uh, no, it's part of the game now. You know, and, and going back to the Warriors, is are there struggles? We can't even just trace it back to Draymond Green. Like, because Clay wasn't playing well, Wiggins wasn't playing well, and now you got Trace Jackson Davis uh, starting yeah. over Kevon Looney yeah. down there in Golden State. Yeah, Wiggins is like, he just is not close to the player he was when they won the championship. Yeah. And like Kuminga and Wiggins, they don't, they're not very effective on the floor at the same time. And sure, they miss Draymond, but yeah, Clay is, you know, when he slumps now, he starts forcing things. So they got a number of things that are going wrong for them. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that they're going to ever, you know, like find it and go on a winning streak in this conference. Hey, that's fine with me. <laughs> no love lost, no no tears yeah. being shed over here. The only thing that bothers me about that, though, is if that is the end of the Warriors, if they're essentially done, yeah. it's too bad the Kings couldn't put the nail in the coffin right, last year. Right, be the one year. that, that – Yeah, because they had that, know, that chance. Let, let me ask you, because we're talking about trade targets and things like that, and, you know, Clay Thompson's name is yeah. being brought up. Don't want no part of that. Huh? No, nah, he's just he's just not the same guy. And, you know, if you could get him at a bargain and level, a maybe. But too, right. Coming off the bench. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see it. I don't know. Am I wrong? You see no, it differently? I'm, I'm I, with you. I'm yeah. with you. It's, something's up with Clay. And, you know, he's not as good defensively. Obviously. I mean, of course, not. He had two major right. injuries, two major consecutive injuries. years or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and did you see? His stat line the other day, who did they just lose to? Oh, let me pull this up really quickly because his stat line the other day. Oh, they just lost to Miami. Yeah, it was Miami. A shorthanded yeah. Miami. And and I, he had three points. He yeah, was, he was one, dreadful. Yeah, he was one of 11, I think it was, from the field and had three points. And it's like, 
This is Clay Thompson the, we're talking about. The final about. margin of that game was it was like 12 or something, but they got blown out. They rallied late to make it that close. And Miami didn't have, like, no Jimmy Butler, yeah. no Kyle Lowry. That was a really uh, troubling loss for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm looking that up. No, it was the – and then they lost to Dallas That's after right. that. Yeah. And, and that was the game. He was 1 of 11, had three points in 26 minutes. Like – and Clay's at the point if he's not making shots, he's unplayable right mm-hmm. now. Right. And no, you're right. They got some issues. You know, Pajemski is taking minutes away from him. Uh, they got Chris Paul in the starting lineup now mm-hmm. as well. And so, no, you know, Kevin O'Connor said, uh, I forget who he said, broke us. Well, oh, the Celtics broke us. Well, I think the Warriors are broken right now. And Steve yeah, Kerr, yeah. he's just trying different things. Mm-hmm to see if it'll work, but I, I expect them to try and be active at the trade deadline. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. It was they lost to the Heat, and then yeah. both games were at home, and then Dallas just kind of toyed with them, yeah. finally finished them off uh, over the weekend. All right, we uh, got to get to the trade talk. There's a couple players now that are considered the next trade dominoes. Will they fall? Will they fall in the Kings' direction? Kyle Kuzma's name is popping Ooh. up again. What do you think of Kuz as a king? Uh, back with that and more from the Golden One Center. Drive guys on Sackdown Sports. Well, this is a little unusual because we don't normally have a lot of fans at the Golden One here before the game when we're uh, doing our show, as we are tonight, getting ready for the Kings and the Hornets. But there's Kyle, there's a guy here. I think he's, you know, listens to the station all the time, and he wants to say hello to you. Would that be okay if we? Yeah, that's you, all right. You sure. Well, yeah, well, because well. it's Fred. It's Freddie Fan. Are you sure you want? Oh, that dude. Yeah. Again. But let me just put the. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Kyle Draper, how you doing, Freddie Fan? How you doing? You said Freddie Fan. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that voice to you, Freddie. You fan. making fun of me? Right. <laughs> what? What's the deal? How come the Kings couldn't get uh, like OG, OG Ananobi? How come they couldn't get him? Uh, Barrett and uh, the other guy in the draft pick. Why did the Kings get him? What would we have given up, Freddie Fan? Herder. Uh, Herder, I think. Uh, Ostertag, I put in there. Ostertag, too? Oh, uh, oh man. Barnes and uh, some draft pick. <laughs> and, and a 2035 uh, second rounder, right? That would have got it done. Well, here's the problem, Freddie, Freddie Fan. This is an NBA 2K. The Knicks assets player-wise, were better than what we have. Our assets are draft picks, and those draft picks aren't as valuable as they used to be. What about Davion and Sasha? They could have thrown in Davion and Sasha. Good players, but I, I don't think that would get it done, Freddie Fan. You know, it takes two to tango. And so the Knicks, are, I mean, the Raptors would have to accept that as well. And so I know you sit in your mom's basement. And think up. It's not true. She's not home. <laughs> I don't know where she is. <laughs> Staying at a friend's house currently. I, I, I know you do the ESPN trade machine all, all day, but it's going to take a little bit more. I used to uh, when I had the internet. Right. <laughs> back on AL when you had to dial up back in the That's day, right. Freddie Fan. That's right. So, you know, I, I, I understand you like the player. And OG's a solid player, but we just didn't have the assets to compete. Can we get Whitey back? Oh, wait. I'm sorry, Freddie. I'm yeah, sorry that about guy, that, Kyle. Man, I tell you, we just put. I'm not sure I want to put these headphones on after that. But thank you, Freddie, for listening. Thanks for for coming by. I thought he made some good points, though. Didn't I mean, <laughs> I, you know, there are a lot of fans that saw that right initially and said, well, wait, that's not that much right. for OG and Anobi. It's not as much as we thought it yeah. was going to cost. But Didn't we people, think it was like three ones or something? Yeah, we thought it was three ones, but what, what, what fans don't understand, and, and Freddie Fan included, the Raptors got two young potential 
studs. Two guys that could potentially average 20 points per game going forward. Mm -hmm. R.J. Barrett at 23 has already proven to be a 20-point-per-game score. Emmanuel quickly averaging 15 points a game at age 24. And so, to me, the Raptors were looking for young assets that could be a part of their team, not only now, but going forward. Guys they can build around. And when you and we'll see them Friday when they come to uh, Sacramento. But you got Scotty Barnes, you got R.J. Barrett, you got Quickly, and for now you got Pascal Siakam. That's a pretty impressive uh, foursome right there. And our guys just d- wouldn't move the needle for them. By the way, another part of that, maybe a minor part, but a part of it that I people don't talk about R.J. Barrett is Canadian, too. So. Canadian, yeah. right. Exactly. So, you know, that's a nice little yep. thing that, to dangle in front of your fans. Exactly. Look, he's a Canadian guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's so interesting about it, and somebody mentioned earlier, Kevin Herter's probably our best young asset. Kevin Herter's only 25. Mm-hmm. I feel, I, for some reason, I felt like he is 27. It just seems like he's been around forever. But he's still young as well. But he doesn't have the upside as some of those other guys. See, that's what, don't you think, push comes to shove. They'd never say this publicly. But that's one of the things that hurts the Kings about Herter's slow start this year is if you wanted to move him, his value has plummeted. I'm not saying that, you know, they'd go out of the bend right. over backwards to trade him. But if you wanted to trade him, teams would go, eh, he, why? He's struggling. Why would we want a guy who's struggling? So yeah. Uh, yeah. one of your assets doesn't have the value that it had last year. Yeah, and, and, and one thing, uh, I was talking to Matt Barnes earlier today, and uh, we'll talk about this on the pregame show on NBC. Are you guys having Freddie the Fan on the show? No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> Trust me, we got uh, already <laughs> enough fans on our air. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> when you look at, you know, this time of year, especially after New Year, Sometimes you start showcasing guys. And so I wonder if Davion back in the rotation, is it to showcase him? I don't know. But those are some of the questions that yes. raise. Because yes. It's not like, you know, sure, Keon didn't play well in that Portland game, but nobody really did. And so why did Mike Brown all of a sudden decide to go uh, I, back to Davion? I crossed my mind as yeah, well. Right? That's, yeah. That's something to think about. Yeah. Scooter916 says, I'm not sure how much I love the thought of Kuzma here. And we mentioned that because there was a report, uh, Clutch yeah. Sports said, the Wizards are going to shop Kuzma. Uh, he just doesn't feel like a fit to me, but that's my gut. He's a scorer. But if he's not going to be the go-to guy, what will he do? I'm not crazy about Kuzma either for basically those reasons, Scoot. Yeah. And I think even Kyle Draper has cooled on Kuzma. Yeah, I was all in on Kuzma this offseason. Uh, I, I thought he should have been, you know, a, a guy we went after. I would have liked to seen him uh, in a Kings uniform. But – you know, as I go through this season and I look at what the Kings have, to me, their most cherished, important thing is the development of Keegan Murray. And you bring in a guy like Kuzma who needs the ball, who's going to take shots, that hampers the development of young Keegan Murray. So I don't think as we get to that February 8th trade deadline, they won't make any moves that can stifle Keegan's development. I will say, a guy like OG Ananobi, though, I don't think would do that. Like, he could play off the ball. Yeah. And he, he played well last night, and by he the played way. well last night with the in Knicks, his yeah. debut with the Knicks, yeah. He can move without the ball. He doesn't need the ball. He's not asking for 20 shots a game. Whereas I feel like Kuzma, 
when he's on the floor, is looking to get buckets. That's why I also wonder about the fit with Siakam, another player yeah. I like. Yeah. Pascal's nice, though, man. Yeah? You know, I, I, I was talking to somebody <clears throat> last week about this uh, in, in an imposing organization, and they were like, man, if you guys could get Pascal Siakam, give me that any day of yeah? week. Like, some people are high on Pascal. And, you know, when, when you look at Pascal, what is he, 27, I think? Uh, so he's a little bit older, uh, 29. And you got to reap, you got to sign him. He's a good defender. He's not all league, but he's a good defender. What's his three? Do you have those numbers? There? Yeah, I got his numbers. His three point shooting, I know this year hasn't been terrific. Twenty eight point five yeah, okay. this year. Yeah, he's struggling uh, from three so far this year. But you know, a two time All Star, a champ, averaging twenty two point four points per game, uh, struggling from three. His career best was 37%. He was only shooting 2.7. That came in his third year. So he's not a three-point shooter. He's not a guy that's going to fill it. Yeah, his numbers suggest to me that he might be starting to, yeah, decline, Decline not precipitously, but he might be on the back back nine, and I'd be reluctant to give up future assets for him. Um, But, you know, they're scouting him, right? So they they have a clearer idea of that than than I do just by looking at his his numbers. By the way, you mentioned uh, Clay, which is a fair question. And uh, Tin on the chat says Malik Monk is the the king's clay right now Mm. as far as the firepower and the the strut. Shooting. Oh, yeah, the strut for sure. Yes, yes. (laughs) 100%. And and was it Tin or Scooter or somebody said Clay Thompson – to go 0 for 100, <laughs> and he was yeah. still had a strut, though, right? <laughs> he hasn't lost that, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, so those are the names being thrown around. And then also, we talked about them last time we were together. Uh, it's, again, being reported by Clutch Sports uh, that um, uh, DeJounte Murray is believed to be um, a guy on the market Knicks are apparently looking at him, but Kyle says there's reports the Knicks now are done. Nobody has linked the Kings to DeJounte Murray except Kyle Draper and Kevin Gleason, but we're hoping, right? (laughs) Even though he didn't play well in the second half against the Kings, I like the fit. No, I I love the fit. You know, a guy that's long, athletic, can get his buckets uh, among the league leaders in deflections and steals every year. And so, no, I'm with you. I I like DeJounte. Uh, I wonder about what it's going to take. If you're Atlanta, what are you interested in? Is it picks? Yeah, do you want to save your season, or are right. you looking to, to help retool? Yeah. Or, and so I worry about that. And so I, I don't know, Whitey. We talk about this, and, and I know it's our job, but I'm not optimistic about our trade possibilities. You know, we're naming some big names, some guys we would all love to have, and I don't know if we have the assets to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, that was clutch points. Yeah, uh, clutch sources, points. Pascal Siakam, DeJounte Murray, next NBA trade market, dominoes to fall. Uh, I think there's a story in there somewhere as far as when, why the Kings uh, cooled on Ananobi. That may have happened if you follow the you know the narrative. might have happened uh, last offseason where they were in on him, liked him, and then all of a sudden something yeah. uh, led them to believe, nope, it's not to be. And as we surmised earlier, uh, speculating, maybe they got word that OG just didn't have any interest in staying here long-term, just was not going to do it, and they felt like, okay, it's not worth giving up some assets 
to have him as a renter. Right. I don't know, but I think you can still look at this team as well as they're playing now, and you could say they're still uh, – I don't know if it's a need, but it would certainly be nice to have one more guy on this team. Yeah, I think so, but I, I think – and we, we're all in agreement. To win a championship, you're going to need another guy. Yeah. To win a championship, they need another guy. Yeah. But what is that another guy, though? That's the problem. If, like, are they expecting Keegan to be that 25-point-per-game score, 22-point-per-game score, that uh, alpha next to, you know, that Robin next to De'Aaron's Batman? Or are we looking for more depth? And, you know, you know I, I don't know what we're looking for right now. And so we could throw out all these names, OG, Pascal, Zach Levine, whatever. But we don't know how the Kings view Keegan Murray, or maybe we do. So maybe we need to look at the uh, second tier or third tier names mm-hmm. out there. You know, yep. we're, we're not looking for a, a guy that's going to come in and average 25 a game or anything like that. This is interesting from Clutch Points. The Hawks. Previously offered a trade package centered around DeAndre Hunter and A.J. Griffin for Siakam. They remain fixated on the idea of pairing Siakam with Trey Young. That's the Hawks, according to this report. Report, Along with the Hawks, the Pacers, Kings, Sixers, Mavericks expressed prior interest in Siakam of the teams listed above. Atlanta remains the favored destination. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of old news around here, right? Doesn't mean it's not true, but the Kings are interested in Siakam. That story's been circulating around here for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And I love Siakam. Great player. Doesn't shoot the three. Free agent after this season. And is going to cost you a lot. And so I'm not looking at him as, you know, uh, an option for Sacramento. You know, and DeJounte Murray, we would all like to have, I think. But it sounds like the Lakers are interested in DeJounte Murray. Yes, that's what Shams is suggesting, yeah. Yeah. And so I need – we need to go back to the drawing board is what I'm saying. We spent last week and we came up with a brilliant name, DeJounte Murray. Mm -hmm. That was our guy. Now I see what OG was traded for. I see our assets – we need to come up with somebody else. All right. We need to come up with a different name. Okay. That's hard Back work. It. It, took yeah. us a while. it took us all season to come up with DeJounte. Like, that's our guy. The crazy thing to me is that as much sense as that makes, and we talked about it, I haven't seen anyone else anywhere right. come up with that. I know. You know? Yep. Nobody anywhere. Dude, maybe we need to write that. Yeah. Put it out on the Twitterverse so. and then get it aggregated. Yeah. But you know what? The best deals – are the ones, and especially uh, the ones Monty makes, kind of like Petrie, where you didn't hear about it. It It happened. Nobody heard about it beforehand. All right, uh, coming up here, King's schedule softening up. Can they take advantage of that? We're all over that from the Golden One Center when we come back. King's first game of the new year against Charlotte. Tonight it's a drive, guys, on Sacktown Sports.